Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so grateful to be here with you all today. My heart is so full right now and my energy is just like vibrating with so much excitement for what I'm seeing in the collective, in my clients, in my communities. And just really one of the things that lights me up the most is watching other women reclaim their power and connect to their truth and really start to follow that and live in their truth, there's this light that goes on inside of each person when they start to connect with their truth and watching that transformation really lights up my soul. So I am seeing so many women seeking out information from podcasts, from my trainings and really looking for how to connect more deeply with yourself. And it is so beautiful to watch this transformation, this awakening happening. So for those of you who have joined me this week for the Soul Calling series, which was my free training, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so grateful to be able to connect with you in a deeper way. And thank you for sharing your energy with me. It has really been so inspiring to be with you all. And for those of you who are new to the podcast and have no idea what I'm talking about, I invite you to join my private Facebook group called The Confidence Collective, where you can get access to these free trainings and a lot of my free offerings are hosted in the confidence collective. You can find the link for that free group in the show notes for today's episode. Today I have an amazing guest. Her name is Krista Beck and she is a dating coach and a matchmaker. And in this episode, we talk all about releasing the romantic fairy tale and becoming the CEO of your life. And Krista has been working in this field for over 11 years and supporting single people to find love again. Single people come to her when they are not meeting the right people, when they're tired of inauthenticity on dating apps, or when dating feels like work, and what they really want is a real connection with a quality person. Krista has been featured on ABC, NBC, Fox, and TEDx, and her message has been heard by over a million people globally, which is so amazing. She's also a podcast host and author of the Amazon best-selling book, Break the Glass Slipper, Free Yourself of Fairy Tale Fantasies, and Find True Love in Real Life. In this paradigm-shifting dating guide, she exposes the societal fantasies about dating and relationships that sabotage our ability to attract a healthy and happy long-term relationship. I really loved this conversation with Krista. I think it's going to be super empowering for those of you who are looking for love and wanting to not just have 
any type of relationship, but really want something that's deep and meaningful where you feel seen and heard and connected. And I loved Krista's energy and her approach to navigating today's dating world. So enjoy this episode and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, Krista, welcome to the Feminine Frequency. So happy to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to get to know you and to be on your show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to learning about you and your book and all the things. So (laughs) (laughs) we're going to have fun. We are. Here we are on a Friday getting to record this this podcast and getting to connect. It's one of my favorite things about podcasting is really getting to learn about other healers, other coaches, other women who are doing really big things in the world and who are sharing their gifts. And I'm, I'm excited to dive into the world today of dating and matchmaking and, and really your philosophy around it. Mm, I love that. I love that that's your mission and that's what you're up to and providing. I love that. Thank you for having me be a part of this with you. Yeah. So let's start by, I'd love to hear what got you into the realm of being a dating coach and a matchmaker. How did your journey bring you there? Well, it's, I'm still on the journey. Um, It all started probably about like 12 years ago now when I read Timothy Ferris's book, Four Hour Workweek. And in the book, the two things I mainly heard were move to Thailand and start an online business. And so I moved to, I went to Thailand. I moved there. And after a week, I'm like, okay, well, what's my online business? What am I going to be doing? And I'm like, okay, well, I've always been passionate about love and dating relationships. At that time, I was in the middle of completing my degree um, in communication studies and human relations, especially the dynamic between men and women communication. And so then I was just like, okay, I'm going to do create a website and give advice on dating and relationships and romance and all that. So I started building it and I was so excited and I'm building it and giving advice. And then within two years, it grew to like 90,000 visitors a month um, coming to my website for advice. And then it just kind of evolved from there, Amy, just... Um, starting to create programs, helping people to heal from past relationship pain. I've even had clients call me the romantic healer um, because it is um, part of the work I do is helping people to get complete and be able to move on from their past relationships. And people don't usually know the actual areas they need to lead themselves through in order to come out the other side with really true forgiveness and openness and hope again. And so that I did that work. And then, then it evolved more into like helping people get really crystal clear about who it is that they want, their intentionality behind it. What are they really wanting to create? So really what I'm doing today is like this broad spectrum of like helping people get complete helping them with their dating skills, helping them get that clarity, helping them to feel empowered, to empowered to take action. And then for my, some of my exclusive clients, I do matchmaking for. Um, So it's kind of like that. And that's where I'm at now. And who knows where I'm going to be evolving to next. Mm, I love the evolution of all of that. And sounds amazing that you were creating valuable content to bring that many people to your space. And um, I really love what you talked about is coming to that completion after a breakup, because I know Mm. that that can be such a sensitive and challenging time for people, heartbreak and, and, and releasing old relationships. It 
can bring up so much wounding, uh, wounding from the past, new wounds that, you know, that are really hard to navigate through. So, um, and I don't feel like we're really equipped with the tools to be able to navigate through relationships or heavy emotions like that. Yeah, not at all. We are not equipped. We're in this new generation of, we just, you know, seek love, seek fairy tale love, and we commit to someone and it may not be in our best interests. And then our hearts get hurt and then we have to heal. And our culture, you know, I know you said you're in San Diego, so we're in the United States. I'm sure people listen from all over, but especially here in the United States, we're not empowered to, um, deal with emotional things as well as you'd hope, you know, a lot of times when people have a breakup, what they do is, you know, you maybe you're nice to your friend. Oh, sorry. But your people naturally encourage you to get over it. Um, they don't, they're not, we're not equipped to actually be in the pain with someone else to be able to like hold space or hold that container for someone. Um, people are encouraged to not feel their feelings in our culture. Like, oh, well, you should just get over it. And why don't you go do this and do that and just find somebody else? You know, people don't realize that having a breakup can be just as traumatic as a four car pileup car accident. It can be Mm. just as life-changing, just as traumatic. And I I personally don't think it's honored as as such um, at that heart level um, in our culture. Yeah. You explain that so well. And I see so many women beating themselves up around and, and feeling shame around, why do I still feel this way? Why do I still feel hurt from a relationship that happens? Sometimes they're like, oh, it was two months ago. I'm like, yeah, it's still, or it was just a short relationship. I shouldn't feel this way. And like making themselves feel so wrong for feeling for having emotions, for having a heart as a human being, you know? <laughs> Oh, isn't that crazy? Like we have a heart and we Mm -hmm. do not listen to our heart and we don't deal with the heart on its terms and listen to our heart and what it needs. And I feel like that's a huge disconnect. So part of the work that I do with people, especially when I see that they need to do this deeper work is to get them to really like acknowledge their heart, listen to their heart, um, almost like your heart's like your inner child. Mm. And to really listen to that and develop that relationship with your heart, because I'm a big believer and advocate that like love is already there in your heart. Like Mm -hmm. so much amazing love is there. But as we're growing up and, you know, we were open and vulnerable when we were kids and then your parents did this and this one did this, and then your heart just starts to... uh, 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 shut down. And then we go into a relationship and something happens and, and, but we can actually purposefully and intentionally be so much in communication with our heart and really honor our heart for what it is that we can conjure up and be present to so much love. And that's what my ultimate vision is for humans that we're able to conjure up and be present to so much love within ourselves that we can actually genuinely share that love with someone else instead of seeking that love from someone else. Mm, so beautiful. Yeah. The power of love. Let's just talk about that for a moment. The frequency of love, the energy of love, you know, no matter where it's directed, whether it's directed to yourself, to others, to the world, to things that really matter to you in society, like the power and the frequency of love is there's, there is nothing else like that. And I think that's why we all want it so badly. Everyone wants to feel loved and everyone wants to have that companionship. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want to feel love. They want that. But I would say it is somewhat of a fairy tale to think you're going to get it from someone else. Um, I get the companionship part. And I feel like as humans, we definitely need that. And I think it's beautiful for us to be able to share that love and be in harmony and in in partnership and maybe marriage and to have that experience. I think it's beautiful. But I do think ultimately the real power of like real love is really with us to really truly love ourselves until we're truly loving ourselves and honoring ourselves, all parts of ourselves. I feel like that's, it's almost like takes the pressure off of trying to seek it elsewhere. And and I, I just feel like because we do take in a lot of Hollywood movies and we take in a lot from our culture that the only way to really get it is through a romantic relationship. And that's in that you want the sparks and you want the connection and you want all that. And, you know, so we're inundated with this information thinking like that's where we should be searching. And yes, it's fun. I'm not saying don't. I mean, that's part of my job. People hire me because they want to find love. They want to find that marriage. They want to find that connection. But I feel like it's it, it, it can be a little bit of a distraction when you have that kind of Hollywood level, Disney level expectation on how the dating journey is supposed to go or how the marriage journey is supposed to go, because it it's going it's not going to if you that's what you buy into, it's not going to set you up to actually win in reality. So part of my work is to help people to get really grounded and reality based dating as opposed to, you know, fantasy based dating. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that you have a book called Break the Glass Slipper. Yes. That I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. And also like, I, I love the name and I think it's so perfect for what you're sharing is like shattering this, this illusion that yes. we've been, been programmed to believe around how, how love and relationships work. Yes, yes. The glass slipper really represents, I thought it was fitting because Cinderella you know, that's like a, an, a, like an iconic symbol almost. And let's like break that, but also like this break the glass ceiling, you know, like the, as women break the glass slimming ceiling is very powerful. Like, I don't know about you, but like every time there's a powerful woman that breaks some glass ceiling, like I am just overjoyed for her. I am just, you go girl, you get it. I just love, I love women being able to like be fully able to like participate on all levels of this earthly existence um, without any barriers. And so, and, and it is like shattering of this glass ceiling. And in the same way, it's like shattering this glass slipper is so powerful because and what the book really talks is about is I really breaking down these very specific fairy tales that single women have bought into and don't even realize that it's affecting how they're choosing their partners, how they're choosing to show up on the dating scene, these fairy tales of how they actually believe themselves. So it's pretty much like, and that's why I'm glad I'm talking to you, Amy, because it really is about breaking down the top 10 mindsets that really get in the way mm-hmm. of single women having that real connection with a quality person that has that long-term potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you open to sharing maybe like a sneak of like a sneak peek of like a couple of those that people might find in the book? <laughs> well, I mean, the main thing is, um, uh, you know, in the book, I talk a lot about 
this metaphor of the poisonous apple and that, you know, women bite this poisonous apple. And the poisonous apple that I talk about in the book is um, really believing that love is going to magically happen without them really having to do much on their part. Like, you know, it's just going to happen. I, I've talked to so many women, women in their, you know, even in their 30s, 40s, they're still single. They haven't really met someone that really clicked with them. And they say on the phone with me, they're like, I thought love would have happened by now. I thought it would have just happened. So Disney and Hollywood, they perpetuate this kind of fantasy that love just magically happens to you and you don't really need to do anything about it. But what I advocate for is really women taking ownership and being intentional about what they're wanting to create um, instead of depending on the fantasy that it will just magically happen and really take on being the CEO of their own love lives or the captain of their own ship. And Mm. really you need to be taking action. You can't just wait for something to happen. Yes, things randomly happen in life, but you need to like kind of be a part of things randomly happening in life. So I'm a big advocate for creating momentum. It can even be baby step momentum, having that clarity, getting yourself out there. And and part of getting based in reality is just for, you know, even who's listening right now, it's just to, like, actually let's get grounded in reality. Like how many single people are you meeting per month? New single people. What's the number? How many dates are you going on per month? What's the number? I think just numbers sometimes kind of ground things into reality. Like, oh, this is what's so. I haven't met any single people this month and I haven't gone on any dates. That's what's so. And then you can start to be like, well, I would love to be able to go on on a date or two a month. I think that would be fun. Then you could start to create. Okay. Well, and if you want to go on a date or two a month, like, where, what do you, what do you need to shift? Like, what can you put into place? Like how it's about being intentional and the, being the leader of your love life. Mm, yes. And I, I know that there's a lot of women listening on this podcast who feel like they've been doing a lot of the inner work and they have been, um, doing the work and, and also they're, they're, they feel like they're, it's still not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that there is, there is a lot of resistance to online dating. So I'd love for you. I think this action piece is so important. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, we get to be in our feminine and in our healing and doing the inner work. And there's also a piece of, of like you're talking about taking inspired action of, mm-hmm. of really putting yourself out there. And, and I'm curious to know your thoughts about like the current dating landscape and what that looks like for women who maybe feel resistance to online dating or who, who, yeah, just feel resistance to, to taking action. Yeah. And I, most of the people I do work with have gone through what you're saying, like women, beautiful women that are doing the self-work that are looking at themselves and growing. I do find that it could easily become a trap for people to get into like, I'm just going to keep working on myself. There, There is an aspect where if you do want to really find love, you have to interrupt that, like then have your growth be what's going to happen like when you're on the app, what's going to get triggered for you. Um, if you're on a date and someone doesn't respond the way you want, or maybe they disappear like, okay, well then 
what gets triggered for you, like what's there for you, then it's like a next level of personal development and work. I feel like when you're in action, then you're able to really do the work. I'm a, definitely a big advocate for like getting centered and doing the work and like introspection. I mean, that's like part of in like my whole life, right? But mm. the real growth does happen like on the court. So part of my work as a dating coach is getting my clients actually on the court because that's when the real coaching and the real personal development can begin because then you get to see like, oh, wow, like I get so bent out of shape. Like this feeling comes up for me when this happens, or I don't like this. And then you get to know, and then you get to really grow. Um, but it's always going to be kind of hidden from your view until you actually put yourself out there. And in terms of online dating, I get it. You know, so many people are like, I just... Be I just want to meet someone in real life. I want it to naturally happen. I'm going to push in on that a little bit because it's the, a lot of the fantasy and the desire for the fantasy of meeting someone and having it be romantic and stuff. The online dating thing doesn't really feel romantic. It doesn't feel Disney-like. It doesn't feel Hollywood-like. And a lot of times people just want that random occurrence. So they kind of hope for it. And then they hope love's going to magically happen, but it doesn't. How I relate to online dating, that it's a tool to meet people that you don't know. So there's lots of tools that I help my clients be able to put into place to increase their chances of actually meeting single quality people that are in alignment with what they would want for their future. A lot of times people just think, oh, you just go out to a bar and meet someone. No, the, you, need, you want to be a little more strategic about it, um, but then also open and go with the flow, but you want to be intentional. But online dating can be really great, especially right now in the middle of the pandemic. Um, some people are putting their love lives on hold because of that. And some people are jumping full in and going all in on the online dating thing, sorting, um, um, being in communication, getting on phone calls, going out on dates. It, why people hate online dating, and I get it. It's so, it's a mess in there. <laughs> <laughs> you're having to sort through inauthentic people. You're having to sort through fake profiles. You're having to sort through people that are on there that are just kind of like swiping, but they're not really interested in meeting life. So people, people also have a fantasy around what online dating is supposed to like. They think they're just supposed to join, put a picture, and then they go out on a date. No, there's a whole strategy and um, training that you could actually like do for yourself to like learn how to sort through this, but you need to be as a woman who's, you know, seeking a man to sort through who are actually the men on here that are wanting to meet in real life. A lot of times women sort for who's good looking and who's this and who's that. I say, let's like, let's just put all that stuff aside. Let's just sort initially for like, who's actually on here for real. And then you can kind of sort from there, but that takes being in communication. Sometimes it takes kind of practicing texting back and forth. It, it takes sorting. You are the sorter. And then mm. sometimes people hire me as a matchmaker because they don't want to do all that. They mm -hmm. want to just like have someone that's been vetted. And, you know, there's been lots of details that have been crossed off the list that like that this person is a good fit and both sides and blah, blah, blah. Right. But then mm -hmm. that takes a lot more investment, you know, to have someone like me that's so diligent about it. And so I think online dating can be a great resource. I think a lot of people I've even had clients this year meet the love of their lives online. And they're and one of my clients, she's this wealthy millionaire person and she just went online and found someone. So it's totally doable. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's important to kind of like break down some of these barriers that have been built. And, you know, for for me, I I, I never did online dating. I, I was married and then I was, you know, divorced and I at a relatively young age and oh. I really did have, and this was pre-COVID and everything, but I, I did really feel like I was able to meet, I was meeting people organically and easily. I wasn't, wasn't feeling like I didn't have any options or I didn't, um, it was hard for me to meet people. And I think that everyone's different and everyone's journey is different and everyone's process is different. And if I were dating now during COVID, I would definitely be using dating apps. That's what I would say is like, we have to be real with what's happening in the world. And I don't believe in like putting your, goals and dreams on pause because of circumstances that are happening in your life. I think Mm -hmm. that it is really important to know that these are tools and there are strategies and really what you're sharing. I think that, you know, especially with the modern dating landscape, obviously we're going through like things are different now than when our parents met back in the day. Right. And, um, one's not better or worse, but it's different and learning how to navigate that landscape without, knowing the tools without having any strategies, without really understanding it. And then being like, Oh, I don't get what's going on or why it's not working. I think is, is leaving women to a disadvantage and it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with them or they're, they're broken. It's we're in a new dating landscape. Like things are different than they used to be. Yeah. They're, they're different. And they're also the same. I think the thing that I think there's just what I'm hoping with the book that people get and I've done and with, you know, my podcast and things like that. There's dating from the fairy tale. And then there's dating from like intentionality and reality. People make this big life decision on who they're going to choose to be with and who they're going to choose to date based, I would say, mostly on chemistry, the sparks, there's some yummy connection, juicy sexual connection. I'm not saying you can't have that, but people have this expectation that if that isn't there, if the sparks aren't there, if the hearts aren't coming out of your eyes, if you're not feeling it all in your body, if there's not this like knock your socks off feeling, like you're just gonna know it when you feel it kind of thing. People have a tendency because of Hollywood and Disney, they think that that's what you're actually supposed to be feeling. And when that doesn't happen, people are like, oh, thanks, it was good getting to know you. Um, We're not a good fit, bye. Mm -hmm. What I'm inviting people to consider is that dating doesn't, basing it purely on the fairy tale and the chemistry and all that could actually like be shooting yourself in the foot and to actually like allow instead to allow more time of a connection to evolve over time, allow chemistry to evolve over time because you're pretty much meeting a stranger and you don't jump into a best friend relationship. When you meet some friend, you're like, Oh my gosh, she's cool. And like, let's spend all our time together and let's be all up in each other's grill. No, you, you take time to actually get to know a friend and distinguish if they're going to be a good friend. But for some reason we have this fairy tale that like, we're just supposed to jump into something like really quick with a man. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I invite people to be more grounded in reality and allow things to take slow. If there's someone nice, they're showing indicators of being someone in alignment with what you're envisioning for your future, like, and they're pursuing you, 
let go of the fairy tale and like just really allow a genuine connection to happen over time and take the pressure on yourself that you have to know if you're going to marry someone on the first date. You're not going to know. Yes. Thank you. Let's, let's go into that. Let's go into that. Like that's so huge because I think that women try and control and plan and they're like, is he my person? Is it worth spending more time with him? Like, how would you know that on a first date? Like, I know that there are people who say they knew when they first met and like, I know that it happens. 1%. And yeah, it's like, okay, can you really decide that someone's going to be your life partner, companion person you spend the most time and energy with? Can you decide that in one day? And like, let's talk about the control around having to know that. Yeah, I mean- it's control and it's also, um, it's this, it's this expectation. And that's what I'm trying to like bring to people's attention. We have this expectation that you're supposed to know in the movies. They just know in Disney movies, they just know. So that that's what I, oh, that that's, I'm supposed to just know the thing, the, the, the control part is like, women need to learn how to control themselves and not try to control the man in the situation mm-hmm. and to allow the men the space to actually show up and see if he pursues her. And if he's interested in her, I'm telling you, if a man is interested, he's going to reach out. If he's not, he's not. But women are not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Women want to control like the, 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 that it, it gets locked down quick. It goes into a secure, committed relationship right away because that's where she feels most safe. And I don't blame her for wanting to feel safe and feel that comfort, but you need to be okay with it evolving over time to get to that place so that a man can powerfully choose you mm-hmm. and not you, um, you just kind of trying to lock down something because, you know, men objectify women in their bodies, but we objectify them with our fantasies that we put on men. Mm. And that really can, that has women not see what's, they're not seeing in reality, like how a man's showing up. They're just showing up in, in the fantasy of it all instead of the, um, the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there are so many expectations and so much pressure and, and a lot of the programming, like you're talking about that really creates, even when I look at it energetically, it's like when we show up trying to like grasp or trying to lock it down, as you said, yeah. like that's not really sexy or romantic <laughs> energy. That's like appealing and juicy and attractive. It's like, it doesn't feel that way to a man, you know, I'm not a man, but I would imagine. And, and I've had, and vice versa, you yeah. can feel it. If you've ever been in an experience where you're on a date or where you're in conversation with someone and you can feel their energy, like they just want more from you. It's yeah. It like, doesn't feel yeah. good. Yeah. And you know why I think, I think the main reason why women are wanting to lock it down so quick one, cause they don't want to feel the uncomfortability of not knowing whether someone's interested or not. They don't like that feeling, but two, I do find that women give the benefit of being with them with someone way quicker than maybe they should. And because like, let's say take, they maybe have sex with someone, um, before maybe the container of exclusivity is established, 
that does something to many, many women. I would say about 95% of women get really emotionally attached. And so when a woman provides sex to a man before he's even wanted to create the container of exclusivity, um, a woman will try to lock it down because she doesn't feel comfortable that she, that there's sex happening and there isn't the container of commitment. So she'll do something like that and then put this pressure on to have the commitment. But all what I recommend is then why don't you just wait for the container to be feel safe for you before you provide that. And I get everyone has needs and everyone's do this, but if you're really on the path and you really want to know if someone's a great, good fit, see sex as a benefit that you actually contribute to someone and you don't need to provide all these benefits of being with you. Um, and it's not just sex, it's just your presence, your femininity before someone's maybe deserved it, you know, mm -hmm. like allow, allow someone to request and pursue and, you know, show up for you before you, you know, give yourself in this way, because then it creates a tension. It creates mm -hmm. an instability. Some, and some women actually don't get emotionally attached after sex. And I'm like, God bless. I'm like, you go girl. Mm -hmm. Like, but not, I would say most of the women I work with are not designed built that way. They just can't, they get so attached so quick. And so I think the journey right now in this dating scene for women in this age is to really honor themselves and what they're willing to provide before, before a relationship is even established and to really honor their bodies, honor their emotions and really have um, learn how to create those boundaries to themselves in a way that's not mean. It's not like pushing a guy away. You're just like, you have some standards for yourself. You you're honoring you. And that's what I'm really wanting to provide for women is to learn how to really honor and love themselves and their bodies. Mm so beautiful. It's such a shift. It's a big shift. And um, chemistry wise, biologically, when we look at what happens with female hormones, when we have sex with someone, there is an attachment that happens. This isn't just like, a, you know, like there's you're you're so needy or whatever. It's like, it really is a physical shift that happens for women and it doesn't happen for men in the same way. Mm -mm. And, um, I really love the, this distinction of creating the container to, you know, really shift really when we understand how the body works and how the mind works and what that what that, what happens when that chemistry comes in, it can put those blinders on and it can put this fantasy like, oh, he's, he's so into me. And like, we're such a good fit and we, we, you know, we connect so well. And it's like, yeah, you just had sex. Duh. <laughs> like, like, I mean, sex is sex. I mean, there is bad sex too, but like, you know, like it, you're probably going to feel really connected to them. And, and if you can really be in, in, ownership and, and responsibility for knowing that that's part of our chemistry and then setting the container and, and being patient and, um, yeah, just being respectful and honoring of what you actually want. Cause if you actually want a long-term relationship, then like the man can, will wait for you, um, and be patient with you to, for that. So mm -hmm. I really love that, that advice and support. And 
I was talking to a client yesterday and, and, you know, we really got down to this, this understanding and this fear of settling for someone because they're afraid of being alone. So it's like, mm. oh, well, I'm not going to find anyone as nice as no. this person, or I'm not going to have everything that I want. So this is good. So, no. you know, I am curious about that piece of this fear of being alone that so many women have or fear that it's never going to happen for them and how that plays into how they're selecting partners. Yeah, it does. It does play in. That's like a, like it's, it's, it's a deep rooted, like self-love issue, like mm-hmm. from like a foundational, like, um, and it, and it, uh, uh, and which you probably are, know. Um, I, I also think it's like lack of um, dating skills and ability to attract um, quality partners and to know how to sort for them and to know how to um, really um, create opportunities for yourself to meet people. Cause that's the thing. A lot of times people don't, they, they base, they create beliefs about themselves on limited pieces of data. Like if they've only gone out on one date this, this past year, it's really easy for people to think, I don't have a lot of options, so I'm going to have to settle. But I, I like to like really look at the data from high level and be like, okay, so what did you do to get that one date? Like, how did you manifest that one date? Like what was actually happening? And most of the time, Amy, women are not taking ownership of like, being, um, taking action in their loves lives, creating that and creating those connections and attracting and connecting. And what I teach my clients is to really learn how to, um, find potential partners, right? Like to find a woman with options never has to settle, but your Mm -hmm. job is to create the options. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you never have to settle, but you, I want you to experience having options, but having options means you need to put yourself out there, maybe get on the apps, maybe be a part of a group or two, expand your social circle, communicate openness, communicate approachability, just connect, you know, and just, and, and mm-hmm. then from there, then you get to see who pursues you. Mm-hmm. And I'm all yeah. about independent women here. Like I'm all about us, like creating whatever we want, but over all these years doing this, I'm telling you, if a man's not pursuing you, it's not worth investing your time in, mm-hmm. especially I, if you're committed, you know, yeah. to having that. Yeah, totally agree. Well, I love everything that you share today. I love how powerful and how clear your, you know, just your perspective on dating. And I think it's refreshing and I think we need more of this. So for the women who want to learn more from you and who want to read your book, why don't you share where they can find you and find your book? Oh, thank you. Um, well, you can go to my website. My website is kristabeck.com and my name spelled a little differently. It doesn't have an H in it and it's spelled C-R-I-S-T-A. So it's C-R-I-S-T-A. B-E-C-K, kristabeck.com. They can come to my website if they want to um, get the book on Amazon or Audible. Um, I also have a dating IQ quiz on there that I think maybe some of your um, listeners may enjoy. It's like a way for you to know what your dating IQ is to see like how you can improve it. And it's a really great self-reflection self-refl- piece. And they can take that on the site as well. And, and, and if they want to connect with me, um, um, I would love that. 
Amazing. Thank you. We'll include all of the links in the show notes. Thank you again for your time and your wisdom and for sharing your energy with us. And I look forward to hearing from everyone who listened to this episode and who checks out your book. And thanks again for being here. Yeah, it was so nice to be with you too. And just a quick reflection back to you. Um, Every person that interviews me brings out different parts of me and you, um, and you know, we just met and I just want you to know, like, what I'm seeing in you is this very soulful, beautiful presence that you have, like, deeper connection to, like, subtle energies of things. And you have a depth of knowledge that's beyond, like, books and understanding. And um, it's really nice to be in someone of your caliber and your presence. So thank mm. you so much for just not just being on your show, but just blessing me with your presence. Mm. Thank you. I am receiving that so lovingly. Thanks, sister. And thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thanks again for joining me for this episode of the Feminine Frequency Podcast with Krista Beck. It's so amazing to have you here. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, share it on your stories. You can tag me at Amy Natalie Co on Instagram and spread the love by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts. I want to share one more opportunity to join me for a free training this weekend on Sunday, January 31st. I am hosting a workshop called The Three Keys to Turn Your Passion into a Soul-Aligned Business. If you feel inspired to join me, you can click on the link in the show notes, and I look forward to seeing you in the workshop. All right, we'll see you next week on the next episode. Have a beautiful day. Bye.